1: Anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably
0: the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Twitter or Instagram, I'm at Strict Anonymous. On TikTok, yeah, fucking TikTok. <laughs> you got to keep up with the times. I'm not 12. I'm way older, but I'm on TikTok. My show is on TikTok. TikTok. (laughs) I'm at Strictly Anonymous Confess, I think it is. Oh, shit. The link is down below in the description. Uh, I post confessions there. Now, I have a million in my email. If you want to send me a quick one yourself and see it on TikTok and let thousands of people see it too... Email me strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. I have enough of them But if you just want to send me quick ones, I don't have to go looking through my emails for them Um, if you want to be on the show, I always say it's a call-in advice show But it's really also mainly a show where people call in to talk about their secret private naughty lives while remaining totally anonymous I change everybody's voices. I swear to you like the these people's voices sound normal Um, But they're not. These are not the voices. So you could be on and I'll change your voice. (laughs) if you're on YouTube, uh, make sure to I'm on YouTube. Make sure to follow me. uh, Not follow me. What do you do on YouTube? Oh, yeah, you subscribe to my channel. You can also make sure to like and share my videos and comment on them. I try to get back to every single person who comments on my videos at least within like 24 hours that's what I set out to do. Sometimes I just have so many. I just can't get to them that quickly, but I eventually do get to them all. So go there, comment on the show. Uh, I also have a Patreon. I have a couple different levels. The lowest level is three bucks. And for $3, you're supporting my show, which I really appreciate. I've been doing it for about six years now. You get these episodes early. You also get a and a filled with a lot of interesting scoopage and you get to ask questions on that. You Q and a, and I answer them. Um, if you haven't subscribed to my show on the podcast app that you're listening to my show, that's where most people listen to my show is on a podcast app, whichever one it is. Definitely subscribe to my show as well as give me a review if you can, a five-star review or write a killer review. I love great reviews. Um, what else do I have to say? This is, I'm just going to get into this. I, I might feel like I'm missing something. I don't know what it is. Um, did, oh, did I say if you want to be on the show? Yeah, the, I think I started and I didn't finish. <laughs> but if you want to be on the show, go to my website, podcast.com and click on be on the show. I'm, I say I'm always looking for callers. I have too many callers now. But, you know, I, I am always looking for them. Especially if you have something that I've never heard of or talked to, uh, t- talked about before. Um, so today on the show, I have like an interesting show today because I have two different episodes i taped uh i talked to two people and we i decided i was going to do like a where are they now uh thing with these episodes a bunch of episodes and put them together but they i wound up talking to them for so long that i was going to do them as separate episodes but i have too many episodes too many and i need to just get them out there so I'm putting stuff together. This is two different episodes. They are former uh, guests of mine who have been on the show previously, uh, and they called in with an interesting update. The first one is hot. It's Jim or Jay, whatever you, whichever episode you listen to. He's been on a couple times, most of the time as Jim, but he also called in once as Jay. He has a wife that's got a boyfriend. He's fucking really into it. Uh, you could listen to his other episodes. I'll link them in the description below. But on this episode, he talks about, uh, you know, a recent hookup that his wife had with her 17 year boyfriend, not 17 year old. Uh, he She's been seeing this guy on the side for 17 years, banging him. This guy's married. Right. And she just meets up with him every now and then. Uh, they had a COVID hookup and he went into detail of exactly what went down. At that hookup, like how it sort of gets set up, what she does to get there, how much he knows about it and and what they do when they're there. And and then some other stuff. Jay, Jim, Jay, Jim, Jim <laughs> it is always interesting because he always just like throws other shit out there. Like uh, we wound up somehow talking about uh, shaving pussy and how he likes to do that to his wife and what a turn on that is. Uh, we talk a lot, though, also about the, the psychology behind cuckold cuckolding and why he likes to do that and whether he really is a cuckold because he doesn't like he doesn't have that that whole humiliation aspect to it but he believes he is a cuckold but he doesn't like the word cuck and we just get into that because it's interesting um, but he, and he is definitely like I said a cuggled he talks about why he likes it he loves the fact that his wife sleeps with other people and uh, we get into all of that like I said and just specifically talk about the fact that his wife was meeting up with someone and then at the end of it he told me like while we were talking or just recently he got a, a text from her saying like hey the guy's coming in town again she's going to meet up with him and he was supposed to you know sort of email me after and tell me what happened Um, and he did and what happened was the guy's flight got cancelled so they never saw each other again. So that's that. But the story that you're going to hear about their most recent hookup is hot. So listen to that. And then I talked to Jay. Now Jay was on previously. He his episode was Jay was a total is the is a sex addict. I mean, he really is was a sex addict, right? This is Jay so many years later, a couple of years later, right? Um, and he has totally changed. He's sober, free of his sexual addiction. And we talk about that. I have to say, people who know and listen to my show a lot, know that these kinds of calls are my fave because I'm a former addict, right? I quit drinking like 17 years ago. I'm what you would call a sober person. And I think it doesn't matter whether you drank alcohol or you fucked to, you know, run away from your problems. You know, addiction, it doesn't matter what you used as an addict. I think a lot of addicts are the same, right? And we have the same things going on and we talk all about that and that's why these are my favorite conversations because I could totally relate I've been there done that and he has two. He's not somebody that you're going to listen to. And he has this problem, and he's trying to figure out how to solve it. He has solved it. He's on the other side. He talks about how what he used to do, who he used to fuck. I mean, this guy was like with escorts and strippers and hookers and all that kinds of stuff, all behind his wife's back. He was able to get out and change himself with his head up high. He walked out of like he just like ended his addiction. He didn't have to get caught. He didn't have to hit rock bottom. He talks about why he stopped, what he used to do, and uh, how. he He's been successful at staying stuff, as well as like you know how his relationship with his wife changed after he did. Uh, what their sex life was like before, what it's like now, and how he's got. To know his wife better and her fantasies and get her to be more open-minded about the stuff that he likes to do about sex. How did he do that? He talked to her a lot about her fantasies and got her to open up about that. And we get into a lot of details, like I said, about how that happened, how he pushed for that to happen, how he got into therapy How He Found the Best Therapist. These are my favorite episodes because I think you could really learn a lot from these kind of episodes. If you're an addict, if you know an addict, there's a lot of insight in these kinds of calls for me. If you want to hear a hot story, listen to Jim. If you want to hear... Uh, learn a lot or get motivated or inspired to kick your addiction, listen to Jay. If you're just a person like me who likes to hear people, other people's stories and just curious in general, listen to both. I'll put the timestamps in the uh, description. So if you want to fast forward to one or not, or whatever, it'll be there for you. I'll make it easy. But anyway... I'm going to get right back on because it's a long-ass episode because it's two episodes. I'm going to be – and Jim's first, so I'm going to be right back on with Jim.
2: This is the Strictly Anonymous podcast.
0: podcast. Uh hey, Jim. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast for your Where Are They Now episode. I try and do all of them in January and uh i might it depends on how long we go i you know i might pair you up with somebody this might be standalone let's see what we talk about because i have a question for you about cuckolding you called in your name is jim you've been what is your other name you've been on my show a couple times i'll put your other episodes i'll put in on youtube i'll put links to your other episodes um underneath the description but what was the other name it was jim and john
1: I, no, I use J. one. Jay, once, Jay Jim. The, okay. Jim initial. and Jay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Just the initial. So I will link to your other episodes. Your last, the, the most recent episode you did was all about how you and your wife both have long term, what I say, booty calls, relationships with other people. You're a very successful, open relationship couple. Is that right, right to say? And there's the whole that, cuckolding thing that goes that's down. That's correct. Yeah. Yes.
1: We're very, very committed to one another.
0: Yeah, yeah. But and you're very into having your partner be with other people. Both of you are stimulated by that, right?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Then that's my question for you at the end. I just want to see like what your opinion is about the whole cuckolding thing because someone asked me that question. But first I want the update, right? Because you have like an interesting story that happened with your wife. People should listen to your most recent episode because we talked a lot about the fat like, you know, the backstory and all this stuff that she's done up until now, right? This yes. is what she's done since we last spoke. Now, she is a long-term booty call guy. How long has she been with that guy?
1: Somewhere about 15, 16 years, something like that, 2003, so 17 years.
0: Right. Now, so was she seeing him all through COVID, or was this the first time that she saw him?
1: I'm sorry. I, I didn't hear your question.
0: Yeah. Did, was this the first time she's seen him during the pandemic, or was she seeing him the whole time?
1: Yeah, you know, she's been seeing him, but I think it's the first time since the pandemic. I could be wrong about that, but that's what I think
0: anyways. Okay, cool. So what went down and how did it get hooked up?
1: Well, it was around mid-September, I guess. And uh, we yeah. hadn't, you know, we hadn't been doing anything because of this damn virus, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so he had uh, texted her one day, you know, he always does that. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a, a spur of the moment type of thing. And he said, hey, I'm going to be at this airport at such and such a time, I think it was like 830 at night, come up and spend the night with me. Well, the thing is, it was like a two and a half, three hour drive in the house. Uh-huh. So she said, OK, I think I can do that. So she talked to me and she said, do you mind if I go? And I said, no, absolutely not. So anyways, there's a million things to get done because she's only you know, she's got a three hour drive. And we're talking like he's going to be there in four hours. So we got to really move.
0: Oh, it wasn't and, even like tomorrow. It was like tonight, right now. It was like yeah, tonight,
1: yeah. yeah. You know, it was like, and you know, I think something like you know, ready. Yeah, is <laughs> the way he texted her. So, so I said, listen, uh, the car needs gas. Why don't you go get gas and I'll cook you a quick dinner, because, you know, I don't want you to drive three hours and then hook up with him and not be able to eat till twelve o'clock tonight or something. Yeah, she needs to. She needs to eat. So. She goes out and gets the gas, and I—I I had already planned on cooking. It was almost it was started to be prepared, so I threw together this really quick, this meal for her. And she <laughs> went to the gas station, and as soon as she came back, dinner's ready. So I, I fed her, and then oh, we gotta shave her pussy, so I gotta go shave her pussy to get her <laughs> ready because because he goes nuts if her pussy's not shaved. Because you know? he what?
2: Because so he what? He
1: he, he he insisted her pussy be shaved all the time, which I I like anyway, so. And I was a couple of days behind doing it. So, you Anyways. do it for her all the time? I do. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's part of foreplay. It's absolutely phenomenal.
0: Oh, my God. Every time I talk to you, there's something new that you throw in there <laughs> that I could like talk to for like <laughs> to you about for like 20 minutes. But you like doing it. She likes doing it. I mean, what, how did that start?
1: Yeah. And how, how did, how, wait, shaving or pussy? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Um, when we first hooked up together, she probably had the hairiest bush I've ever seen in my life. Oh my and, of course, we're, we're brand new together, so I'm not going to say anything bad about You know, I'm not yeah. going to say anything. So I come home from work one day, and she goes, I've got a surprise for you. I said, okay. And I had never talked to her about shaving her pussy. Right. And she, she takes her clothes off, and her pussy's shaved. And she says, do you like it? And my eyes lit up because I love shaved pussies. And right. I just happen to really like them. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah, and it's been shaved ever since. And uh, somehow or another, we got into it and I said, would you mind if I did it? She said, no. And, you know, any girl that trusts you with a razor next to her vagina is a girl that you want to keep forever, you know? Yeah, I, that was <laughs> literally
0: the first thought when you said, oh, you want me to do it? And I was like, yeah. imagine, I would, I would be very scared that you're going to nick me, that you don't know what you're doing. You know that I would get hurt.
1: Mm-hmm. I've only nicked her, I think, once in all the time that we've been doing it.
0: Right. And so, do you normally you know? do it in the shower? Like, and that's
1: how. No, it... I, I I get a, a bowl of hot water and she lays down on the bed and I get down. I've got some little, like, knee pads and I put the knee pads down and I get her all lathered up and I use a, a warm washcloth and I put that on there and get everything nice and soft. And then, as soon as I've got everything where I think I need to have it, and you know, uh, then I then shave, I shave away. her and I. Usually wind up going down on her right afterwards. And she loves it. It's it's really a lot of fun. It, it really is. And, and is it like, like erotic? Like,
0: is it something that you're turned on by?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really love it. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Okay. And uh, she loves it, too. You know, we call it opening the barbershop.
0: <laughs> oh, it's time to open the barbershop.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh and she'll God. say sometimes, she'll say, you know, it's like it, the barbershop needs to be open.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny.
1: Yeah. So anyways, I got her all shaved, yeah, and, and, you know, she was nice and fresh and clean, and she threw some sexy stuff together, and uh, he likes to play with toys, so she's got this like really big friggin' rubber dildo.
0: How big? Do you know how big it is around?
1: It's at least 12 inches and probably three inches around. I mean, it's really big.
0: Yeah, that's major.
1: Yeah, and he likes to use that on her, you know. Uh I never do, because... She's she's tight as hell, anyway. So you know. So how the hell does he get it in? I you know I've never watched him do it, so I really don't know. I he she gets so damn wet and turned on. Right. It's unbelievable. Right. You
0: know? When okay. And I
1: guess it just I get you know if a baby can come out, I guess a dildo can go. Yeah. No. It. Of you know, course. It's... Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And she likes
0: that, but she doesn't ever push you to do it. She just does it with
1: him. Right. Yeah. He he likes the toy stuff. Yeah. I, and I don't think she's real crazy about it, but. You know, and she does it something for something for foreplay for him. And, you know, he has a good time with it. And she has a good time with it. So they're both happy, I think. So So know. she puts I mean, the I'm, huge
0: toy in her bag.
1: Yes. And then, you know, and then she's, she uh, loads up the car and she takes off. And uh, I said, text me when you get there. And there was a really lousy uh, weather system coming through. So for about an hour she's driving through this blinding Florida rainstorm <laughs> where she can see about 8 feet in front of her yeah. and it's at night and she doesn't know where she's going so that was kind of tense for her so yeah, she I can finally imagine. got up there and of course his flight is late because of the storm, of the weather yeah. <laughs> you know? so she's there and, and I'm, I'm flight, because I've got the, uh, the flight number, I'm flight tracking it so I know that it hasn't even left where it's leaving from and I'm trying and I don't want to text her while she's driving so yeah. I wait until she texts me and I said Hate to tell you this, but you got another hour and a half to wait. So, uh, so she found the his hotel where he was going to be, and then she pulled into that. And then I get this brilliant idea that, you know, she's always facetiming with him. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm turned on. I've got a heart on, you know. So because you I know your the, girl's
0: going to be with this guy. I mean, that's what's turning yes. you on, right? Uh huh. Yes.
1: Yeah, so mm-hmm. I get out. I get out the uh, uh, on my phone. I've got an app to, to be able to. Communicate with her video-wise, you know. Uh-huh. So I I turn that on and I dial her up and there I am with my heart on playing with my dick while she's you know and she, of course she answers the phone and she sees this dick sticking in her face <laughs> and I said you can tell that I'm excited about this. You know? Yeah.
0: And where is she? Is she like able to get into the hotel room? Did he put her name like with the front desk or is she in her car mm-hmm. waiting?
1: No, she's in her car waiting. Okay. He, what what he usually does is he 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 likes anonymity. Yeah. So he gets to the hotel and then he'll text her room XXX and she just walks through the Yeah, yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. She loves it because it's like she's doing a a call girl type of thing. Right, right? like an escort. Like she's an escort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that that, that's part of her fantasy. So she, she goes up there and then uh she says that she's going up to you know, and the next thing I'm gonna hear from her is the next morning, you know. Yeah. And so there I am, horny as hell. Knowing my wife is getting laid by this guy, who the whole night, right? So that's the, the that turns night.
0: you on the whole night while you're thinking about it, right?
1: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I had everything I could do. Tonight. She told me don't come, so I have everything I can do not to come, and uh, and
0: you, know. you didn't. You listened, right? You're a chastity belt guy, right? Like, I mean, is it chastity? Yes. Is that correct to say?
1: Or is yes, that for I, word? Well, yeah, yeah. We a device. That in long device. We haven't right. played with it in a long time. But, I mean, but... you
0: like the tease and denial. That's a whole other episode we did, right? I mean, oh, So yes. you're yeah. somebody that could... Because I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, like they would just jerk off or they can't understand how you could stop yourself, right? Considering you're so turned on. Yeah. But there's well, something like, to that for you. You've learned yes, how to master like, it.
1: Yeah, it's like riding... a. It's like a surfer riding a wave. You know, mm-hmm. you never want to get off the wave. Yeah. So, so I just... Laid there, really turned on. Horny. I had to keep my underwear on because I usually sleep naked, you know. Uh-huh. And I was afraid that I was going to come all over the sheets <laughs> while oh my I was God. sleeping. So, all right. you know, I didn't want to mess them up. So I figured I'd just keep my underwear on. Uh-huh. And of course, I sent her a picture of my heart on poking through the, the underwear. So she got a kick out of that. You know? so, right. It was a lot of fun. But so what then, goes
0: down? So does she tell you the minute it's over? I mean, like, do you get a? Does is it when she comes home? Does she call you?
1: Well, she'll usually call me and say, you know, I'm on my way home. Yeah. Occasionally, she'll text. You know, we had. I'll usually say, "Did you have a good time?" And she says, "Yes." And I'll tell you about it when I get home. Yeah. You know. And then I've got to wait for her to get home before she tells me, which is also part of the anticipation.
0: Yeah, yeah, I and get it. It's more foreplay for you. So what happened absolutely. in this situation? Did you text her? Or did she text you?
1: She texted me that, that she had a good night. Uh, she said he did me again before we left the hotel room. And uh, and she said, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get breakfast. So she found a, a McDonald's or someplace that was close by that she could get some takeout because at the time uh i'm not sure that all the restaurants were completely open in september yeah they started to be but yeah she found a quick place where she could get some takeout she ate in the car i know that and then she said she'll she'll give me uh, more De- details when she gets home You're right so i had to wait now for three hours and of course i had something to do that afternoon so by the time i actually hooked up with her it was probably four thirty-five o'clock the next day
0: oh the next day
1: well, that morning. I mean, oh, she right, stayed right, overnight. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. yeah. But so she, she you now.
0: do you like the, I'm, I'm sure what adds to, to it is that she did them in the morning too. So is she coming home like with his jizz inside of her? Like, you know. Oh is yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, because I was out, she, you know, she likes to put on a pair of panties where it, it keeps everything inside. You know, she likes to smell them all day long. Yeah. And uh, so she had to make a stop on the way way down because you know she had after breakfast you, you know she had to go take care of business and so she wound up having to come home and take a shower and everything else so she was kind of disappointed that you know that everything by that time had been cleaned out but what
0: do you mean she had to take care of business oh she had to go to the bathroom yes oh okay so she had to go to the bathroom. so she wiped some stuff away whatever yeah and so right, right. okay so she yes. comes home to you
1: yes and uh, let's see, what did we do after she came home? Uh,
0: well, what did she tell you is what I want oh, to know.
1: Well, they hooked up and of course he, he uh, told her, he, oh, because she was mad at him for, uh, uh, she wasn't mad at him, but you know, yeah, yeah. because she had to, you know, it was a rush job. And then he was late getting to the hotel and everything. She said, I'm going to tell him I'm sitting on his face. Right. And he's usually the kind of take charge guy. So she's, you know, he, he told her that he would do anything for her if she would just drive up and be with him for the night. Yeah. And so she said, yes, I'm going to tell him I'm going to sit on his face. And that's exactly what she did. She wound up sitting on his face. And he actually kind of liked it, I think. It's that
0: smothering thing. Yeah. I've come yeah. across some guys that I, I could tell were into that, you know, are into that. You could kind of tell. It's like a yeah. thing because there's, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I know I love it. So, you know. uh, I love it when a girl sits on my face. I think it's one of the hottest things that can be done.
0: Right. So, and, so, but she was like forcing him. It was like his punishment.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. it was his punishment for making her drop everything at the last minute. You know, with ten minutes' notice, basically. When you think about it, because you know, if he's, if if she's got to drive three hours to to see him, and he's going to be, you know, and she's got an hour to get ready and go. That's that's ba- basically last minute notice. That is really, uh, I guess. The classic definition of a booty call, be ready when I am, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But it worked out for everybody, right? So she tells you that she, so she sits on his face.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I, I know she likes sucking dick, so she wound up sucking his dick. And, uh-huh. uh, let's see. I think she came in her, and uh, as he always does. And she said he didn't last very long this time. You know, he usually can pound away pretty good, but she had him so turned on. Just about as soon as he got inside, he was coming. And uh, she tried to get him hard again during the course of the night, but he was kind of tired from his long day and his flight. So he kind of fell asleep and she wound up falling asleep. And then the next morning, he kind of rolled over and said something like, Spread your legs. Here I come. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, and of course, getting, she holds back a lot of the details, I think, because it's part of the tease, you know? Yeah. So the rest of it I get to imagine on my own. And what about then, the toy? Did they use it? Uh, she said, you know, I think she said they never did get around to it. Right. So, you know, because you know, one thing led to another. A lot of times when he will call her, he'll say he's going to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then he doesn't do X, Y, and Z. It's all part of a fantasy that gets blown in the first five minutes that they're, they hook up. But, all right. You know, it's, it's still part of his fantasy. So yeah, the, that's you know, fine. it's fine. Still,
2: still a lot of
0: fun. Now, yeah. because she likes these big toys and stuff, I mean, is he does he also happen to be well-hung himself? or?
1: She, you know, I've never seen him. Uh-huh. Uh, I've seen her second uh, guy, and he's got an enormous dick. And she says that one of them is probably a little bit bigger than the other, and they're both huge. So right. So, yes, they, they both. And he's always t- talking about his big eight-inch dick. But,
0: this guy know, is. Now, how old is this guy? I forget.
1: Uh, he's probably 10 years younger than we are. So he's probably, uh, in his late fifties, maybe early sixties, I guess.
0: And he, is he married? I forget that too. Do you know? He is. He's he's married. Yes. Right. And you do know if his wife knows?
1: Uh, his wife does not know. Right. Okay. We have no no intention of telling her. And this (laughs) has been going on for 17 years. But he does the dumbest damn things to, you know, and it's like, how has he not been caught? Like, he'll call her from his house with his wife downstairs and they'll do a phone bone session.
2: No, no way. And she,
1: yeah. And he's like, You got to be really quiet. You got to be really quiet. And then he'll he'll just jack off in front of her, you know, while she's playing with her pussy or something. But he's and like on
0: FaceTime, like he's watching her. So it's not even just like on, and that's why he's saying to be quiet because it's not like she, he's just on the phone with her. He's got her like on his video.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. God.
1: And then a couple of weeks so ago, I guess, she heard somebody, she heard a female voice calling, and all of a sudden the, the video went blank, you know? So I guess she called him later and said, Did you get busted? And he said, no. Yeah, but so,
0: don't you think a part, <laughs> like, don't you think he gets off on the fact that his wife is right downstairs? Like, maybe that's a part of it, don't you think?
1: It, it is, and it's a, it's a part, and, and I don't want to go into his profession, but it's a part of his profession living on the edge so yes it's all oh you have me
0: curious can you tell me off air what that means
1: (laughs) yeah i can okay okay cool
0: um so oh okay so he does yeah that's definitely he's doing that with his wife you know with an earshot and almost caught because it's uh, that probably uh, like you said it does add to it for him
1: oh yeah yeah he likes living on the edge there's no doubt about that i mean he's actually fucked her driving down the street and and she sat on his dick while he was driving his car down the street in miami you know and i said you should have taken a video i wanted to see that you know yeah
0: and she's Uh, has she ever taken pictures or videos or do you like to see it or is it better to just imagine it for you she has
1: not taken any pictures with him Mm -hmm. uh except one where he took it, she, she had him take a picture with his hand on her thigh which I actually asked for right and uh, but uh, no he's he's very private he doesn't want any kind of uh, anything to get out or, or you know so oh yeah that's smart
0: his, yeah uh-huh for yeah, sure
1: we, we respect his privacy it could affect his uh, it could affect his career not only his marriage so and we have no intention of, of screwing with his his relationship or anything you know he's He's going to do what he's going to do. He, we figure he's a big boy. He knows what he's doing. So. Right. And he
0: knows about you. I mean, he, she's not pretending that she's cheating or right. There's not. He,
1: he knows about me. But to this day, I don't think he really believes it.
0: Oh, right. You know? He might not. But that might he yeah. might like that.
1: Yeah. And I, I think he in his mind, I think he would rather think of the fantasy of I don't know anything. You know? Yeah. And that he's taking think, your wife. Yeah, I think he really really gets off on that. And uh mm-hmm. you know, he'll he'll come to the uh, to where we live and you know, of course I won't be there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he says he wants to fuck her up against my door. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so th- there's some there's some definite alpha male shit going on there. You know? Yeah,
0: for sure. But well, that's what I was going to ask you about with the whole cuckling thing is like, what's the, you know, someone asked me on Patreon, like, what is the psychology behind it? And I started to do like a deep dive on Google and like my brain started to hurt, you know, it was like looking at all the different, and I was going to like psychology today, you know, articles, you know, and, and I looked at a, a, a couple different um, articles written about it, and they gave a couple different explanations. But what is somebody like you, who really has this as a fetish, who really enjoys it? You know, your
1: wife does too.
0: What do you do, think is the psychology behind it?
1: For me, the psychology behind it is just having knowing that my wife's enjoying sex, yeah, and uh, that there's that that she's not afraid to have another man involved because. You know, there's not a human being that does not look at another human being and say that person's sexy or attractive. Right. And, you know, so why suppress all this stuff? I mean, to me, there's no there's no humiliation. There's no embarrassment. There's no uh what I read on the Internet, I think, is even from psychologists. I think they don't even understand. It. Yeah, right. Well, not- that's
0: what I mean. My brain started hurt because it was like. They were talking about, oh, it's like masochistic and the person that likes that to happen is a masochist, right? Because they're being hurt by that. But I was like, maybe... I mean, because I talk to a lot of people who have this fetish and do it within their relationship. And a lot of times there isn't the humiliation aspect going right uh, though some people i think think if it's there isn't the humiliation it's not cuckolding but i i find and i talk to a lot of people like you who actually do enjoy seeing their partner with somebody else and oh, uh, I, I do yeah yeah, I mean, I, I that was one of my the biggest surprises to me when I started my show is the fact that a lot of men feel that way. And I've had a lot of men on my show who told me they never thought they would like it, but it sort of happened and then they did, right? And then there was another, there was one of the websites that they talked about how if someone was cheated on and they sexualized that experience somehow, you know, it, they get wired that way to enjoy, you know, that kind of scenario again. It becomes something hot to them you know i mean you and your wife like both like do you is she just because she likes it too right she likes to hear about you with other
1: women uh she, no, you know not particularly right uh, and, and i'm very rarely ever with another woman so right. i mean if if she said look i don't want you to see any other women i would be perfectly okay with that right Hmm. it's you know as a matter of fact, if, if for some reason she and I were ever not together again, and I ever hooked up with another woman, it would, she would have to be able to be okay to have sex with other men. Right. Uh, it's just something that I really enjoyed something that I, it's almost like a drug. I just really kind of need it. But it, there's no, there's no embarrassment. There's no humiliation. There's, you know, I wish I could tell more people, you know, cause they look at you like a dog staring at a clock when you, you know, if you tell them, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll tell people, oh, yeah, where's your wife? Well, she's out with her boyfriend, and they just laugh. And I'm actually <laughs> dead serious, and they don't even believe me. You
0: know, Right, they think you're full of shit. Right, it, is, it does sound like a joke. Yeah. Because who would actually say that?
1: Yeah. And it's like, you know, uh, <laughs> I've got a friend of mine that, that lives in another state. As a matter of fact, he's been on your show.
2: Uh-huh. He
1: actually told me about it. and we have discussions about this all the time. And and he and I are both of the like same mind. We don't like this internet pornography stuff that you see because it's so unrealistic. And it's just, you know, um, I I can't explain it. It's just, uh, and it's something I think has been with me my entire life and that I've evolved to understand over the course of the years. I, I was never jealous if I had a girlfriend and she was flirting with another guy, you know, it was just, uh, I don't have a jealous bone in my body
0: yeah that's interesting and i, I do know. think that it tends i mean you know you're the type of guy that you allow her to go but it's not like you're dying like you said to be with other women you wouldn't even care if you didn't it's funny there's a show called 90 day fiance and there's i love that show i like any kind of reality tv <laughs> there's a couple on there whose girl is like very bi you know and she likes to bring other women in and she caught him and then you know he they brought another woman in and he started to really like that other girl and it was freaking her out you know you know, so she was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then she caught him with the other girl, like texting behind her back. And she and I was like, you know, this, it, it never works. When I talk to couples who are very successful about having open relationships, I typically find the most successful couples to be where the guy is, the antithesis of the type of guy you would think is down with that. Do you know what I mean? It's not like the player mentality guy. Like I think, I think, I'm sure there's plenty of guys who are major players that want to fuck tons of women that would love to have an open relationship. But I think that it tends to work. And what I see with in relationships with people who are not that way, I'm monogamous by nature. Right. But maybe they're into these kinky things, um, but they're really honest and upfront. And and that's the way that it works. And I think that that is the opposite of what most people would think. Do you know what I mean?
1: I, I, yeah, and I agree with you on that. I think that, uh, you know, I think if most people knew me, and and that's what I dislike about this this cuckold definition of internet porn and everything, Uh is they think that that men that allow their wives—and I don't allow her to do anything; she does it.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That have sex with other men are wimpy. If you knew me and saw me, you would know that I am no (laughs) wimp.
0: All right, right. It's not about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's uh, I'm the exact antithesis of that I just
0: and it's enjoy, not a tit for tat either. It's not like oh, you get to have other se- sex with other people so I'm gonna do it now too. I mean it's not it's not about that right it's, no and it never was for me. Yeah and mm-hmm. I think
1: that I think that, that you know a lot of guys will tell their wives, oh yeah, I want you to have sex with another man because they really want to have sex with another woman right but mm-hmm. there, there's there are those of us that just like, If you said, yeah, I'll do that, but I'd appreciate it if you didn't have sex with any other girl, I would be down with that. That would be perfectly okay with me. Right. Uh, You know, and, uh, you know, I think that women that have sex with with multiple guys, I think they're the hottest women on the face of the Mm earth.
2: You
1: know, as as long as they know why they're doing it and, you know, they're having a good time and, you know, they're they're down with it and they want to have physical fun, hey, you know, it's no sweat off my nose. There's no such thing as is a slut in the bad term of the word slut. You
2: know. Right,
0: right. No, listen, guys would be so jealous. I mean, you should listen, people should listen to all your other episodes. Because like I said, in the beginning of this episode, when you brought up that shaving thing that you do, that was like, every time I talk to you, <laughs> there's something new that comes out, right? We did a whole episode about tease and denial, because you're into that. You yeah. you know, you have this whole, I'm going to use the word cuckold situation going on with your wife, you know, and there's just always something new that comes out when we talk. And like, if people want to hear more about this stuff, they should go listen to your other things. Things. you know I always feel like you know we could probably I could probably talk to you for another half hour you know with, uh, just about this kind of stuff because it is so interesting you know that's when when somebody asked me that question about the cuckolding thing I was like I'm going to ask you because I know that's what you have even though the humiliation isn't there I still think it's like a cuck- cuckolding situation isn't it or uh, no, or is it not? Do you hate that word because...
1: No, I, I don't mind the word cuckold. I don't like the word cuck. Right. Isn't that funny? Yeah, interesting. You know, because I, you know, I feel, you know, the, the, the typical or the old-fashioned definition of cuckold was a man whose wife had sex with other men and he couldn't control her. Right. You know, so so under the strict definition of the word, no, I'm not a cuckold. But yeah. I like to use the word because that's what that's what most people consider it today. And yeah, you know, I'm very proud to be a couple and I don't, I don't mind that terminology. And, uh, you know, one time she, we were having a girlfriend of hers over for dinner. She's one of the few people that I actually know. And, uh, I think her, her the guy that she's was with that I just told you about, I think he texted her something and she said, Oh, who's that? And and my wife just looked over and said, that's the guy I coupled him with. And, you know, and her girlfriend kind of looked over at me. And I, I felt very pleased that she actually used that term in front of me. So Right. <laughs> um, and she, she knew that, that my wife was seeing another guy. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think she believed that I knew.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. But, just like that other guy. he you Like you right. said, you think to this day it's like too good to be true. There's no way. But there is That's something right. submissive about that, right? Because you also like the tease and denial. You like her to be with other men, right? I mean, do you consider yeah. yourself submissive?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I in, in in a lot of ways I do. And yeah. uh, you know, it it's all part of uh giving up the the normal part of my life is I'm in control and charge of everything. And, yeah. You know, yeah. So it's a good way to not be in control of everything and I actually like it. It's uh it's fun. But but guys that haven't been kept on the edge for a long time don't yeah. know how erotic it can be. It is just absolutely erotic.
0: The tease yeah. and denial. Yes. Yeah. People, I really recommend it. I've played that game. We talked about it. You know, <laughs> I understand it because I've, yeah. I've come upon that with guys in my life and when I was having sex and I, I totally agree. And people, there's, we we have a whole episode up where we talk about that and people should go listen to it because yeah. you, should, you should try it. I called it the halfway in game. <laughs> you call it tease (laughs) and denial that's how it started for me and then I realized that and over the years I've like I don't know I've gotten into situations where I'm like, oh, I'm fooling around with someone but we're not supposed to do something do it. So I say no and we put parameters and boundaries around it but there's somehow that adds to it and it's hot like I've talked about it before in one of my episodes where it was one guy that I was so horny for he was really horny for me but we were like in a very dysfunctional relationship. so we decided like I'm like, I'm not gonna have sex with you and like one night we literally all our clothes on, Uh, we weren't even allowed to make out, but we just like dry humped and moved your (laughs) body. And let me tell you like the fucking hottest thing ever. Like you could turn that into something. If you really get into it and go there and you know, it's like really super hot because like anyone could fuck. Right. So what do you do after that? There's like all these other things and I totally am into tease and denial. It really works. I think anyone would be into it if they tried it and took that time right to do oh, it don't absolutely. you think
1: oh yeah absolutely it's uh i think i think if girls really understood how much power and fun it really was they would they'd all be into it and in a lot of ways they are i mean otherwise yeah. if girls weren't into teasing now there wouldn't be any strip clubs
0: yeah exactly it's a part you know? of it right in, uh-huh.
1: And if guys weren't into it, they wouldn't be sticking dollar bills in a girl's garter to sit there and, and tease them and give You're them hard right, yeah. so they go home and whack off. You know, right?
0: Because the girls, we're always saying, like, what's the point? Like that's so that seems like torture, right? But there is something to that.
1: It's like, it is,
0: yeah. And it could yeah. be the appetizer, but it could be the whole fucking course if you really do it the right way. Like I've done it, and that's it. It didn't lead, you know, and it was just like the hottest thing. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, one time, there's nothing hotter. I, I had a chastity device on one time, and I couldn't get out of the damn thing. Yeah. And I'm sitting next to this really, really hot smoking dude, And it was just something about knowing that even if she wanted to fuck me, I couldn't do it right
2: now. Right.
1: And I'm, I'm getting hard on in this damn thing, and it's like it was one of the most erotic nights I ever had. And, of course, she doesn't even know what's going on. But right. just the idea that, uh, you know, that I'm sitting next to this this really hot chick and I, and we're flirting, but I can't do anything about it. Right. That that Mm -hmm. was, that was really hot. So yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah. People should listen because we really get into it on that episode and you really talk about how to do it. You know, that's an interesting one. The one, the last one where you get a really like all the backstory, about, you know, how your you and your wife opened up your relationship, how she met that guy. I mean, there's a lot more details on that. This was just the where are they now? What are you doing? Uh, you know, my cuckolding, I always put the word in because it just gets so many more views, like for some reason, but like people, so many people must be <laughs> into this fetish. I think a lot of people haven't lived it out right yet, or but they want to because these kind of episodes are just highly downloaded and very popular. Um, I I hear
1: it's the most, it's the biggest trending term for porn searches on the internet.
0: Yeah, I throw it in my descriptions and people come on. It's not like I'm beating and switching. I mean, this is what it is. And people love the episode, you know, Um, it's not like I just put it in there. And then we're talking about something totally else. I think this is considered cuckolding. Uh, A lot of people like it. I think a lot of people when they listen to you are super jealous and wish they were you because you have like the ideal situation and you know, you're older, you're not in the young. I think the younger generation, I say this all the time are much more open to things like this and they're more upfront about things that they're into. I mean, you guys were doing this and getting into it when it was way more taboo and when nobody was. So you're like very forward thinking people.
1: Yeah, I I think so. I Mm -hmm. think we were, we weren't the of time. It, we of were time. ahead of your time. Yeah, ahead of your time.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that's yeah. great. So thank you so much for calling in and giving the update. Sometime this year, we'll you know think of another subject that you because like I said, you always throw things out. You know, we'll have you back on and talk about something else. You know, I always. Well,
1: be- before I go, I got yeah. one thing to tell you. Yeah. Just before I came down here, yeah, her text went off. And. And he says can you pick me up at this airport tomorrow morning and take me to this other airport? And of course they're going to stop by the house. So,
0: so also they're doing a part two. So wait, so she's picking him up. They're coming home. Where are you going? Do you leave the house or you'll be working?
1: Well, no, I, I have uh, an exercise regime that I do at that time of the morning. So Mm -hmm. I, I will be there. And then it depends upon how long he stays there before she takes him to the other, to the other airport. Uh, right before i actually wind up being allowed to come back into the house oh my god <laughs> so you
0: have something to look forward to and when's that happening
1: well it, there's a 95 percent chance that it's going to happen tomorrow he was trying to make the arrangements to right have, to have it happen so oh my we, god we think that, we, we think that it's going to happen and it it's just funny that all of a sudden the day that uh, that i'm supposed to do this call it happens and yeah does she ever know, listen but, to
0: your episodes does she know that you call in
1: Uh, She listened to one. Right. And she does know that I call in. Yeah. uh, And, uh, but uh, she, she most of the time she's not there because she wants, she wants me to not be able to, be able to say whatever I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's, and that's why I like her to be by herself because then she's not going to be inhibited thinking that, you know, I'm going to get upset about something.
0: Right. And she does whatever. And there's no rules or regulations, right? Or
1: boundaries. The only rule is have fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <be> right. <laughs> yeah. Have fun.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So you're so it's supposed to happen tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hopefully well let me does. know
0: because I'll put it on the intro like let me know how it goes. Send me an email. I'm gonna Okay. I'm gonna I give a little that. update, right? I'm just gonna like and just say what happened. Um, yes. for sure. Because uh yes. people will wanna know how how long do they typically hook up for?
1: like two hours through one hour depends upon what his schedule is like i mean she's she's stayed overnight with him on several occasions right and uh she's been with him for as little as a half an hour so from a half an hour to 24 hours i guess is the best way to say it. right oh
0: my god awesome you're a lucky guy do me a favor and please um don't forget to email me what he does for a living can you please i will do that all right awesome you're the best thanks so much for calling in
1: Thank you, Kathy. I enjoyed it. keep me
2: posted what happens tomorrow.
1: I will. Bye-bye. Okay,
2: bye. Ah, hey, Jay. Welcome
0: back to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you today?
3: I'm good. Thank you.
0: Um, you know, I love to do my Where Are They Now's in December, right? And I just aired somebody else that uh, called in a couple years ago, right? And now you're another person that I haven't talked to in a couple of years. I remember you really well because you were one of my favorite calls. I love when I get on the phone with somebody and it goes in a totally different direction than I thought, right? And uh, for your episode you called in and you wrote in and you were like fucking hookers and guys you were catfishing people you were living a 100 double life right you used the mm-hmm. word sex addict and we talked a lot about that right it went from all these like sort of kinky stories of stuff that you were doing and it turned into like kind of like a therapy session I felt for you I felt like you were definitely an addict you like I said you use that word first I think people should really go back and listen to your first episode if they haven't heard it that was in 2017 that we spoke was that three years ago do you remember
3: it was yeah august three years ago
0: yeah and i felt really connected to you i'm an addict i quit stuff you were doing things that you felt really bad about that's always a warning sign to me like because change is going to happen and if you don't sort of take control of it then it might happen in a terrible way do you know what i'm saying like i always tell Mm -hmm. people it's like the person who walks around complaining about their job all the time and then they get fired it's like well you kind of brought that on right um because like on some level you weren't happy so you know things will happen and i know and this is not something i ever talked about on my show but i'll bring it up now because we're going to get the update i know that after we spoke and correct me if i'm wrong um i followed up with
3: you we did email afterwards i told you that i had taken your advice and entered counseling and then you actually also you connected me with another guy who had been on your show probably two or three weeks after me.
0: Uh-huh. And Maybe he was he, the one that got arrested. Yeah, go on.
3: Oh, yeah. So he was a guy who I think that he... Him and his wife had an open marriage, but he was um, hooking up with guys behind her back. Uh-huh. And I, I think the story I remember was just when he was in the military, like he was talking about like an orgy in the shower with mm-hmm. the, the guys.
0: Oh, my God. Um,
3: yeah, and, and you had... I think you had connected us because you thought he should go into counseling too. And I'd already told you that uh, yeah. I had. And so he
2: and I talked
0: to Oh Right. That you, right yeah. So that you could really help him. Right. Yeah. Really. Yeah. You were. But when I spoke with you, you weren't. I mean, how long. After, I was not. Yeah. yeah. How long after we spoke, did you go and seek help? And what, what was the catalyst for that? And what was going on that made you take that step? Because I think it's. Important for other people to hear who are maybe like, you know, a couple steps behind you and living the life that you live. Like I said, people should go listen to your episode. It's called Jay is a total sex addict. It's fascinating. Uh, you were really upfront about everything and I think the one thing that stuck out to me was that you didn't feel good about what you were doing So I feel like if there's and there's got to be a lot of other people out there in the same position Listen to that episode and then you're gonna hear where he is now, right? And this is when people come full circle that I love, you know, this kind of story So what how so take like let's start right after like we spoke and then get up to speed
3: Yeah, yeah, so I mean like ten minutes into our, our call the first time you had you had me nailed down and you spent the rest of the rest <laughs> of the time um telling me how fucked up I was and I needed to get counseling. <laughs> oh, um sorry. And, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it was helpful. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. To tell me that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I wasn't in counseling then and I don't know if you remember I was pretty resistant to the idea. Mm-hmm. Um I probably, so I, at, at the time we talked. But I'm just going to tell um, you
0: right now, and we'll sure. get right, I, I don't want to interrupt, but I want to, what I remember why you were resistant, and I because I think that this is the reason why a lot of people are resistant, is because you had created like a persona of a really yes. quote unquote normal person, right? You were like holding yeah. it together, like on the surface, you were like, fucking fine right but deep down inside you were a total mess so you felt like oh if you decide to go to therapy your wife's gonna be like what's wrong with you you know when everyone would look at you like what the fuck's wrong and I think that's a a, a a block for a lot of people right like how do I give it up how do I let people know hey I'm vulnerable and might need help and maybe there's I'm not so quote-unquote perfect right
3: yes mm-hmm. yeah that's right yeah I, I mean I think it was like preserving, trying to hold on to me being normal for myself, maybe even more than for other people.
0: But right, yeah. and right, of course. Yeah, yeah right. Oh, oh, that's always uh, going to come back to like, that's really more how you feel about yourself. You might say, I don't want other people to think that, but it's really what... <laughs> You would think, and I think normal it should be put in quotes because what I think people are more normal who are flawed. Like that's more normal. That's like what life's about. You know, that's the human experience. You know, anyone that acts as if they're so perfect, like something's got to be going on there, right? (laughs) That's what I always think. So anyway, yeah. So go on. So.
3: Um, yeah. So when we talked, so you had brought up counseling. I was resistant to that. And I, what I said, I've actually listened to the, I listened to the episode twice in the last few days. Yeah. Um, I said that I was kind of that, that I'm in the mental health industry. So what I meant by that was that I was like two weeks away from starting a master's program in counseling when I talked to you.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
3: Um, changing my career. Mm-hmm. And so that's not I, that
0: uncommon.
3: Yeah, and so I, um, I, I, I started. I mean, you asked me at the end if I would. And I said yes, I would, and then I, I sought out a counselor immediately, and started uh, within a week or two after we talked.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and I started my counseling program as well. Um, yeah, N- now so pretty much immediately.
0: Yeah. You're, were, you, were you lucky enough to find like the one therapist no. that was great right away? Because I always tell people it's really hard to find that one, but you have to keep trying because what happens, I think, also with a lot of people is they go out to find a therapist. The first one they meet, they go a couple times. That person sucks. Right. And then they mm-hmm. get turned off to therapy. Like, you know, yeah. you have to find the right one and you'll know that right one. I always say it's kind of like a boyfriend, like you just know mm-hmm. immediately, you know. Whereas you also know that it's not right immediately, too, you know. And don't stay with that person, do the work until you find the right person because uh, it, it might take a little time, but it's worth it. And I that's why I just bring it up because I think a lot of people have tried it, they had a bad therapist and then they think that's what therapy is and it it was a waste of their time, you know? So you didn't find the right one immediately?
3: Uh, No, I went through four Mm -hmm. in a a couple months and then I found one that I've been with for three years.
0: Right. And was it a male or a female?
3: Uh, She's a Yeah, it's a woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the first four that I had, um, three of them were just terrible and the other one wasn't a good fit for me. I don't think she's a terrible therapist, but... Um, but the other three were horrible. Right. They're not they're just not good therapists. So Yeah,
0: and I think it's like yeah. anything, I'm sorry. I used to say it's the 80/20 rule. I think it's now it's like 90/10. I think 90% <laughs> of people in any profession aren't that great and then you have the 10% that are like superstars. You know, like the real deals. You know, whether it's yeah. a doctor or a hairdresser or a colorist or a therapist, sure. you know, there's a lot of people out there that are just okay and there's a lot of people that are fucking great and like I yeah. don't stop until I get the fucking great ones like I always have the best recommendations for people because I have the best I find the best of everything because
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: I keep looking until I get it and like I said I think you you know the right you know that person when you meet them because they are very different right than all those other ones so you've been with your therapist for a couple of years now so for how me, is that yeah. process
3: um let's see here so I mean to two of the therapists that I had pretty much fired me. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Um, And so I was pretty hurt when I, when I first saw her and I kind of came in and was like, uh, these therapists did all this shit. I was kind of putting her on notice. Um,
0: Blaming everybody else.
3: Well, why did they fire you? Yeah. Well, I I can tell you that. Um, I mean, these stories are fucking ridiculous too. So, um, like the first one, the first person I, I saw was he was very old, which I had actually sought out an older man. I thought, you know, wisdom and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but he, I, I told him I'm a sex addict, and he uh, he decided that what I meant by that was the problem was I was wearing out my dick from masturbating too much. Which, and he said that, and. They also said something about pot, and he was like, "Oh, I've, I've been smoking pot for 40 years."
2: Oh, okay. god! So, right? Yeah. yeah.
3: Um. So I, I, he lasted one, mm-hmm. and
2: then
3: I went to uh, so let, you know I didn't go back to him. And then the second one that I went to was a referral from a friend, and I I, I thought he was pretty good, like the first three sessions, but he had lots of religi- religious stuff on his wall, and so that kind of made me. Wonder at the beginning, and then probably our third or fourth session, um, he was—he was very much like he specialized in sex addiction, and he had a very. Um, specific route that he expected you to go to get involved in groups and all these things. Oh,
2: right,
3: so, right, right. Mm-hmm. so, so I was resistant to that and he brought up something. I'm not going to say what it was because I've told this story to people before. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he brought up something and I disagreed with him. Right. And he yeah. said, Oh, well, if you're not getting on board, this isn't going to work. And he like, this was halfway through the session.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, and he said, and he ended the session, like, halfway through. And so I was like, what? What we, the fuck?
0: Yeah, I'd be like, do I oh, get half my money back?
3: Right. Fuck, yeah. So, so, yeah, so I bounced. And then um, I went to a woman who I think's a good therapist, but I think that I was uh, triggering for her. Like, I don't think that she could, she was a uh, very, like, feminist um, oh, therapy, right. Which, so all your that, stuff that you fine. were doing. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. And she, so she wanted me like, um, you know, she was working with me on, um, um, seeing my misogyny and whatnot. And I was like, I don't, I mean, now I realized I didn't need somebody else to, uh, Help me feel any more shame than what I already had.
0: Right, you were um, there because you were, you knew what you were doing was wrong, you wanted to right. change it, like you didn't, you were doing probably enough shaming into yourself. Yes. There's, like, there's yeah,
2: yeah, that's plenty. Yeah, that's um,
0: not cool.
3: Yeah, so she, she let me go after like six or seven sessions because she was like, I don't think that I'm the right fit for you, and she was right. And I was pretty devastated when she let me go then.
0: Yeah, it's and a lot then, of rejection. And, I've yeah oh, and yeah. then
3: the next woman i went to i saw probably like three times and she was just like really new agey and all this shit that i don't believe in and so whatever I but now when her. you found those, those
0: this one ago. right were you still yeah, the, actively the, sleeping with all the people that you were let's remind people no, like what the fuck yeah. you were doing sure
3: yeah so like prostitutes like, like sex workers um, um um like escorts strippers um and then the other thing I was doing was just getting on, on, uh, like, Fet Life and meeting people and chatting all the time. That was, like, that was my biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, no, I haven't. Um, so, I, I, I told you the story about the stripper who I kind of, like.
0: You were obsessed um,
3: with. Yeah, yeah. Got infatuated with probably a month before we talked. uh uh-huh. um, That's the last person that i've had any contact with in the last three and a half years
0: so did so. you stop right like right yeah. after we spoke i mean you just yeah, never stopped started with again all,
3: all, stopped with all the in-person stuff i did go to that's not true i did go to a strip club like a year later
2: mm-hmm. and
3: and i fully intended to try and um, up. sleep with a yeah, mm-hmm. with a stripper um I tried, um, but then we got to like the end of the night and then the woman was like, uh, it became obvious she was expecting to get paid. And so. Um,
0: and you didn't want to pay up? <laughs> no, no, I didn't
3: want to pay. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I haven't had any contact with any women.
0: But um, let me, was that the not, last time you... i
3: to a strip club.
0: Right, but was that also uh, the last time that you had the desire to stray? You know, because like you said, you went yeah. fully intended to do something. Uh Uh Do you know why?
2: Like,
0: do you know why were you under a lot of stress? Like, why at that point, a year later, did you feel like, Uh oh, I gotta go
3: scratch Um, this itch? Yeah, at that time, um, I can't remember exact. I don't remember what the circumstances were Mm -hmm. around that. Now, I mean, my wife was traveling, so there was like opportunity. Yeah, but I don't remember other than that. Right. Um, The like online stuff. It still happens from time to time, but mm-hmm. much, much, much less frequently than it did before. I mean, the most the most dramatic change in my behavior happened from talking to you. Right. Like, just that. Um, everything dropped off completely after and that. And why do
0: you think? So, do you think it was because it was the first time that you were really, like, opening up? Do you think I was mirroring back and saying the things to you that you uh-huh. needed to hear? Cause- yeah,
3: I, I mean, I looked through... I, like I said, I listened to the episode twice, and everything you said was like right on. And things that I've kind of like I thought they were realizations that I'd come to over the last three and a half years. And I was like, "Uh oh, Kathy like said this the first time she met me." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. I mean, like everything you said was right on. I don't, I don't really like, um, I don't call myself a sex addict, but that's just semantics and just like the way that I. I view it. I don't have any problem with me being called that, but that's just not the way I view it.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. I think I only really brought that up because it was like you when, I remember when you sent me your email, there was like all these lists of bullets of all these like crazy things you did. And at the end it was like, I think I might be a sex addict. So I was like, I sort of sniff people out when I'm talking to them. Right. I just, I like, I get on most of the time with the total stranger. I don't really like to know anything of, you know, of the person. And I just, go with it when I speak to them, but I look for opportunities and I look for different directions to go. And depending on what someone's saying to me, do you know what I mean? To me, you put in a little bullet on the bottom (laughs) that Mm -hmm. I'm a sex addict, you know, I'm going to try and get in there because addiction and all that kind of stuff is my favorite stuff to talk about because I could really relate. I've been there, done that, you know? And, uh, so there was, like I said, that, It was like a clue, you know, to Mm -hmm. something inside of you. I do believe when people call me, somebody like you, you know, or people that are really living a double life, whatever it is, even some people that don't feel bad and need therapy, but like that are ready to change, like that's the part of you that calls me you know it's not so much me that's creating the change it's like you were ready for it like that and you would have never called into my show right if you weren't at that place sure right you were already there I just you know kicked you along but that's what you wanted you know and you found the right way to get it I do believe this is all all of this stuff is you know you're doing right Mm -hmm. and like that's why I said do you feel like I was just mirroring back to you what you Uh, already knew on some level or what you were ready for
3: yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, you asked me early in the conversation, you were like, do you feel bad, I think, about cheating? It's like, do you feel bad about that? And I said, yeah, I feel horrible about it. I've never felt good about
2: any of this. Shit.
0: Yeah, that's always a big clue to me. That's something I always ask people. And I've said this a million times before. I think that everybody makes the up their own rules and regulations, right? Everyone has their own morals. They view things differently. You know, it depends on like how evolved you are, where you're at and your fucking growth, you know, of what's right and wrong for you. Someone could be cheating all their life and then all of a sudden doesn't feel right. Well, the minute something doesn't feel right, I think you shouldn't be doing it. That's like a sign, you know? So whenever somebody tells me that, you know, I go into that because that's a fucking problem. That means there's a conflict you have right within yourself. And, that's a warning. And this I always tell people, like if you're doing something that's like really fucking bad and you don't feel right about it, if you don't change it, you know, that change may come and happen for you, you know, for you. And so you could either walk out of that part of your life with your head up high and make those changes yourself or you could you know walk out extra shamed like the person that gets caught cheating the per you know the person that gets busted you know you don't want that to happen and that mm-hmm. never happened to you right i'm assuming i don't yeah. know no yeah, it hasn't and no. you have I mean, you were doing a lot of things behind your wife's back like you, you uh-huh. right i mean you could yes. have been in a lot of fucking trouble
3: yeah i, I could have yeah
0: right yeah. but i think that you did at the right point like you decided to get out and change your life and save your marriage because what happens to a lot of people is they don't heed that warning they keep doing it they don't feel right they get caught because on some level they want their life to change right and so then it does Mm -hmm. and they lot you know but they have to there's a lot of collateral damage right you didn't have that and I know that you were You know, your wife, you felt like was kind of suspicious or might have knew stuff. And I know that a big part of it was like Uh you didn't want to go to therapy because like how would you explain it to your wife, right? Yeah. And I remember, were you like a workaholic or I was like kind of like pawned on that or like you don't have to tell her what it's about, right? Just say you want to go to fucking therapy. Like, did she ask questions? Was that a big problem for you to get over? It was not
3: a big deal at all.
0: Exactly. See? Yeah.
3: Whatever I, whatever I told her, no, it was it, was, it, was not, it was a nothing,
0: yeah. A big nothing burger. And right, yeah. that's what people don't understand, and that's why I ask these questions, because you know, I think other people, you know, they, they create these blocks that don't necessarily exist, you know, just like fucking do it, and... I didn't feel like it would be a problem. I think it's more weird that someone's never been in therapy their whole life, you know, for anything. You know, <laughs> this yeah. is like come on, we all need it maybe at one point or another. Um, mm-hmm. You definitely needed it, right? And uh, uh, your yes. wife was totally cool. Did you go one mm-hmm. time a week? Have you been going one time a week? Uh, um,
3: I, I I did for a long time, and then I cut back, and I'm back to one time mm-hmm. a week now.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but yeah. And now, um,
0: yeah,
3: go on. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, I mean, the, when we talked, that was the lowest point of my life, yeah, at that point, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, you know, not just I mean the stuff that I was doing was related to other things that were going on in my life as well,
0: mm-hmm. um, like what
3: um, so I had I left a really good job, and I had basically talked. Um, some people that I knew into making me a part owner of their business. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I, I had not performed at all and I just felt so horrible about doing this. Um, I felt like I was laying everyone down them, my wife, myself, um, and then just like existential (laughs) questions, right? Like about what the fuck am I doing with my life?
0: Yeah. How old Um, were you at the time?
3: Um, so I would been like 41.
0: Right. I think everyone has like really big turning points in their life at all different times, right? So this was a very big life change for you at that age.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, you asked earlier, I think we strayed away from it about my current counselor, like what, yeah. um, what worked mm-hmm. with her. I mean, she's just been... Like um, completely accepting, um, unconditional positive regard is the therapy term for it. She's been completely accepting of me the whole time, but she's also, you know, challenged me when she saw discrepancies between what I want and my behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um. It, like in inconsistencies and what I'm saying and the way I'm acting or, yeah.
0: She puts you in check. Mm-hmm. Now, were you very yeah. uh, honest when you had that one time that you went to the strip club and you had every intention? Like, did you bring that back to yeah, her and talk about it?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I think the next week. Yeah. I think right after I did. Right. There've been times I've held back a little bit. Um, if I've done something that I didn't want to be doing, Maybe mm-hmm. for a little while, but there's never been anything I've kept from her. Actually, I, I never have told her that that the women that I've slept with are prostitutes. Really? Um, no. Um. I I was actually thinking about that. <laughs> maybe that's something I should tell her. Yeah. Why do you um, think
0: you didn't? Do you think it was because the one before you was so damning about it, or that you thought maybe just keep that shit out, or do you have you, yeah, you any clue? Yeah.
3: Uh, I've told her a lot of bad shit. That I'm pretty right. <laughs> feel pretty bad about. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just like, like you know, it's been three and a half years, and I'm, like, I, I'm that's not something I'm concerned about anymore. Like I'm not. Yeah, I don't think about. it matters.
0: You told her that you were with all these women, right? You yeah, yeah. told her you were uh-huh. doing all this cheating. Does it matter whether you're paying or not? Maybe at right. the time it would have been something. I don't know, but I, it's like, listen, you've been successful at, you know. Mm-hmm. correcting your behavior you've been monogamous for so many years you know you don't see these women whether you're paying or not paying yeah. you're not fucking other women you did sleep with men right were you sleeping with men
3: no you know just, just like
0: uh, hooking up with them online was that the
2: online yeah stuff?
3: yeah i would chat with them pretending like i was a couple or a woman right and, and that's still something that i do from time to time whenever i'm um not doing a good job of being aware of Uh my
2: emotions Uh
3: and, um, which is a difficult skill to learn whenever you've avoided your emotions your whole life. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's been a, um, progressive thing. I'm, I'm at this point, you know, it's less frequent and less involved than it ever has been. Um, so it keeps on getting better and better.
0: Yeah. Listen, I'm, I quit, drinking when i was 34 and 51 so what how many that's 17 years now right and i have to Mm -hmm. say that even now like you just see so much growth over time right and you're like what three or four years into like you know quitting your addiction right it's like Mm -hmm. going sober right it's no different than the alcoholic you put down whatever it was that you were checking out from you know or using to get out of reality and so you you grow from there from that point you know And, and you, five years from now, you'll be 10,000 times better than you are now. Right. I mean, it just keeps, it, you just keep getting better over time and it takes a while, but it really does make a huge difference to me. I always say like quitting alcohol, I've quit a lot of things and I've done a lot of, I've had a lot of changes in my life. Um, but nothing changed me more than that right it was like i always said it was like going from being in a totally dark room to like all the lights turning on right you know but it happens over time but it was it is very powerful and you do have to keep yourself in check because it takes a while to learn because really what i think addiction is all about and what most addicts are dealing with is like We just have a problem dealing with our intense feelings, which Mm -hmm. are negative, right? I mean, we don't mind feeling fucking happy, right? That's why whatever we're doing that we're addicted to makes us fucking feel good, right? But it's the stuff that makes us feel slightly bad is, like, very triggering. Like, you have to get away from a bad feeling. And then what I always explain happened to me is, like, I just learned to sit through it and realize it's just a feeling and you know it's uh-huh. easy to say right that's just a sentence but it took a, a long time right it takes a, a long time to get used to feeling not right it, but then you start to see like oh I don't feel bad but you realize it that lasts for a day maybe or two days and you don't act out and you don't sabotage you don't create other issues anywhere else like you just move on right and it's okay and it just Mm -hmm. breezes over right it's like a storm and it comes and goes and you could sort of look at it as something you know it's just a feeling that you could step out of instead of live in it and you know make it bigger than it is and then sabotage and all the other stuff and that's what addicts do right and that's what you're not doing anymore but you know, you still, but you're still gonna feel fucking bad, right? It's not like oh, you quit shit and you work on yourself and you get to a place where the no, there's no top of the mountain where uh, someone's happy all the time. Like that's not what it's about. It's about the top of the mountain or being at peace or being whole is about being able to weather all the stuff that comes with life. Life is happy, sad, great, bad. It's all of that stuff, right? It's a matter of being yeah. okay with that stuff and being able to ride those storms regardless you know and with your feet on the ground right and that's where you're at now I'm assuming and that's only going to get stronger Mm -hmm. and better for you
3: yeah yeah everything everything you just said is what is the way I yeah that's the way I look at it now too
0: right and now how has things changed with your wife you're still married to her I'm assuming
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Mm um yeah things are much better right so I mean I when I started I looked at like that was the problem. What I was doing was the problem. Right? Yeah. And then I realized that there's a bunch of other problems that I'm using this to cover. Distract from yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. mainly relationship problems, not just with her, but with lots lots of people. Mm-hmm. Um I I always thought that I had pretty good relationships with people. Um but now they're much better.
0: Right, because you were able to identify what were the kinds of problems that you were having that you didn't even realize.
3: Um, like, let's see here. I just not being, not being open and vulnerable with people. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I didn't realize that I was kind of a bully. Um, not like <laughs> yeah. the kind that yells at people or is violent or uh-huh. anything like that uh-huh. but i could be pretty intense and i have the ability to get anyone to shut the fuck up um uh, yeah. without, without saying
2: much yeah at
3: all mm-hmm. um and so that's what i that's what i've done throughout my marriage with my immediate family with everyone so
0: mm-hmm. and now like I, I don't remember ever, I don't remember if I asked this question or, you know, because mm-hmm. here you were, you know, you were married and you're having all this S.E.X. with all these other people, mm-hmm. right? Was, what was your sex life with your wife like then? And has it changed now that you took all those other people out of the picture and it's just you and her intimate, yeah. you know, really intimate now? It's very different, sure. right?
3: Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean it was okay before the frequency really hasn't changed.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: You know, we, we just keep getting older. Yeah. Um, um, but it's better. I mean, that was, that was the other problem was that I had a lot of anxiety and shame around sex, which I was not also not aware of. Like I would have thought that I was pretty open-minded and didn't at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was anxiety about um sex with my wife and um yeah. So that's in what all sense better? Um Hm. That's hard to pin down. Yeah, not like performance. Yeah. there's never any performance issues. Um I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I feel like I've been aware of this before, but it's not coming up to me right now.
0: That's okay. You um, can't put it into yeah. words. You like you yeah, know yeah. that it was there, but you can't really. Well, like, was mm-hmm. it just being intimate? Was it about being like I don't know? Like, what, so how has it changed no. though? Now that yeah, you're with her,
3: it, it's just more like it's more worrying about was she um, kind. Of, negotiating, negotiating sex, mm-hmm. not, not in the terms of like, um, bargaining for it or anything, but just like negotiating how we are going to do it. Right? Yeah. Like, so it's a pretty egalitarian relationship. Uh huh. And, um, yeah, that was just awkward, like figuring out how to talk about it, how to, what we both wanted to do. And so we've become much more open and, and, we incorporate like some of the fantasies that I've had that it turns out she was often into.
2: How that, that awesome also, is that?
3: Yeah, it's a long and difficult process to do that.
0: And did your therapist help you that? Was that like And so what do you think was the biggest takeaway from that? Was it like if you're so... Because I always think other people are listening, right? And learning from what you're saying, Mm -hmm. right? So how... And there's so many people, whether it's women or men, out there that have maybe secret desires, right? And I think after you've been with someone for so long, I mean, some people would think, oh... Because you know them for so long, it's so easy to tell them what you're into. But I think if you haven't from the get-go, right, how do you say 10 years into it? Oh, by the way, yeah. I'm really fucking into this. It's almost harder, right, than to put it all out there with someone totally new. Um, So how did you start to bring up your fantasies and what you were into and figure out that she was into them as well?
3: Um I, I kept on asking her and insisting that she tell me what her fantasies are first, Okay. I before, that. before I would open up. Yeah, because I was scared of her rejecting me, and like that was difficult for her
2: mm-hmm.
3: to do. And so those were just like difficult talks that we kept on having until they became easier and until we were both willing to be more vulnerable and talk about what we what we wanted what we wanted
0: and so what were her. like some of the first things that she told you that she was interested in that she put out there
3: <clears throat> um let's see here <clears throat> yeah i think mean, so like the main thing it turns out for both of us is like her being with two men mm-hmm. right which isn't something we do that's just fantasy like right it's not well, something you'd it's go something do we talk about yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i get that. Uh-huh. Right. Um, yeah, so that that turned out something we were both interested in.
0: Right, and, and so you so guys mock amazing. that up, right? Like yeah. you fantasize about that while you're with each other, and mm-hmm. it winds up being hot for the both of you.
3: Yeah, and the other thing that more recent is just being me being more dominant, and not in the... Basically just me taking control in the, in the bedroom, telling her what to do, and not dealt with any of the, um, you know, not in like the BDSM stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just,
2: just me being
3: the one that, and just us doing like the n- normal stuff that we would do anyways. Yeah. But me, t- me being the one that tells her, so that there's less of that negotiation. Right. So
0: that's what the anxiety before was that you were worried she wasn't going to go the places you wanted to go. Now you just like fucking tell her.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Which probably for a lot of other people is just natural. Right. But probably for Mm -hmm. and people would be like, how hard is that? Right. But that's not what you guys. That's not how it was with you guys. You were like. Pussyfooting right. around certain things right and I think yes. more of communication about sex probably helped that right there was a lot yes. of things I'm sure there's a lot of couples out there that have that same or a lot of men out there that have that same anxiety And I think it is it does have to do with keeping a lot of the stuff that you're like quote-unquote secretly into right Sort of in another place because of the fear of being rejected for her, too. Right. I mean, like I think a lot of women because of the stigmas that are attached to women being, quote unquote, promiscuous or slutty, you know, are, are pretty afraid to really put all their stuff out there. I can't tell you when I have like women Callers and like I had a woman caller on recently, Jessica, and you should have seen some of the. And she had like a bucket list of all these things sexually she wanted to do. She was like a young girl that just got divorced and was like living out all her fantasies and trying different things out. And the judgy shit that people put on her, you know, uh, and same with my other female callers. And so I think that that uh, can be. You know, especially for women, right? For a woman to admit a guy like, oh, I wish I could get yeah. fucked by two guys. But not something in real life. I like that fantasy too, but it's nothing I would ever do in real life. It's been proposed to me. I've always said no. I would never. I wouldn't feel right about doing it in real life, right? But I like the thought of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And which is fine. And I think but I think that it is very scary for somebody to put that out there, especially to their partner that they've been with for a long time or even to a new partner because of the fear of what someone's going to think and think that that yeah. means, you know. Mm -hmm. and not understand and maybe not even understand that concept like you clarified it to me like this is not something we'd ever do in real life like i get that i think you know a lot of times fantasy just because you have a fantasy or it's something that you like to think about it doesn't mean that it's something that you want to do in real life and it's not bad if it is something that you want to do in real life right but it can also be something that you're just interested in doing in like a mocked up scenario like in a fantasy situation um and so and that's okay and that's okay, and that's real, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's a thing mm-hmm. that people can do, and, and when you could live out those fantasies with each other, boy, does that fucking help, right? Yes, it does. You know, and do you yeah. think that has to do with, so is sex with her 10 times better than it was before?
3: Um, it's, Yeah, it's it's a lot better. Right. Yeah.
0: And so does she see the changes in you, you know, because of therapy and everything? Oh, yeah. She yes. does. Yeah. And as far as your career, because I know that you said, like, in you know a couple of years ago when you were hitting rock bottom, you mm-hmm. know things weren't so great. I mean, has your yeah. career been more? Are you you're a therapist now, or what's your? Deal? I am. Okay, so you have your own yeah, practice. I'm a therapist.
3: Um. Yes. Yep.
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I um. Yeah. So I went to school, and then I, I left that. I, I was still working at that place, but I left there. Um, and then, yeah, after I was done with school, I became a therapist.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you specialize yeah. in addiction? Like, do you specialize in anything, or do you have people that come in that talk mm-hmm. about stuff mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, this?
3: so yeah, I, I I'd say I spe I specialize in um in marginalized groups of people. So mm-hmm. sexual minorities. So. Yeah. LGBTQ people, mm-hmm. um, secular people, or a mar- marginalized group in my area, mm-hmm. um, and um, people that are into kink or poly or swingers. Right, the, those are the people I see
0: right that's great and like yeah. you could what I think is always really helpful is if some you know because listen you could learn about stuff from a book and I think there's plenty of therapists out there that are like fucking killer that never had to live the life to you know help other people but I do also think the fact that you are you know like maybe you know these people that you're helping at some point you know you could refer back you're talking from I don't know that you admit to that with them you know but no. you're yeah. you you do understand it on a certain level mm-hmm. you know I, yeah,
3: I, I don't, I don't really, like, I don't, I don't see many clients yeah. who are like I was, mm-hmm. um, you know, I do have, I do have some clients who, um, yeah, do sexual things that they don't like, but most of, most of my clients are coming to me just because they know that I'll be accepting of them and then it doesn't have anything to do with sex at all. Right, right, it's right. It's about, yeah, like other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I mean I live in the Bible Belt. And, uh, um, you don't so, have to say
0: exactly where, right? But you live in a place that's yeah, yeah. like a Bible Belt, <laughs> right.
3: right? And so uh, there's a large percentage of the counselors here are Christian counselors, right? Um, oh, actually, this so this is something that I want to mention on here is I did want to give some advice to your listeners yeah. on finding a counselor if yeah. they're if they're and um so my advice yeah. is um there are different databases there's the poly friendly counselors there's the kink friendly counselors um no that's that's not right it's poly aware professionals kink aware professionals yeah bioware professionals yeah. and then um the other thing would be the secular therapy project mm-hmm. it's probably a good place to find open-minded people and then if you just go to psychology today i would look for people who are Whether you are or not, I'd look for people who are LGBTQ affirming, um, kink affirming, um, their sex worker aligned therapist. But like, you know, those are all good signs that you're going to find somebody who's pretty um, affirming and open.
0: Right. And not going to be judgy. I mean, there's that's the worst thing. I mean, to me, they should just be, you know, sort of listening yeah. and not unbiased. You know, it's kind of like the way newscasters used to be, <laughs> you know, deliver <laughs> right. the fucking news without any emotions like, you know, just yeah. tell me the deal. Like I don't want to know your opinion and you exactly. know, I, I don't really want to know about, you know, if you're paying somebody for 45 minutes of your time, you know, don't talk about your fucking self. You know what I mean? Right. Like no one wants to hear about that. You know, it's about the other person, right? Um and so you shouldn't really know that much about your therapist I mean I've I like when I found my last therapist I don't have a therapist right now but my last therapist was like fucking amazing and uh, I went to I think she was the fifth one I went through four before I found her too. And she was really great. You're always going to have a hint of something, maybe, that somebody has, you know, maybe a teeny mm-hmm. bit of like you. I don't know. I always felt like there was something going on with her with guys, like something triggered her a little teeny bit. But besides that, I mean, she was really like the real deal and just really yeah. helped without going into tangents about herself, but non judgmental, not, you know, like you said about your lady, like really sort of understanding and accepting of where you're at maybe sometimes gives you a push in the right direction, mm-hmm. right? But, uh, and and that's the way it should be. I mean, that's the way I listen. I always wanted to be a therapist when I was younger, but then I was like, I found out that, like, you're not allowed to tell people what the fuck to do and really be opinionated.
2: <laughs> like I, you know, right.
0: And I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. I like to shove my opinions down people's throats. I like to you know, sort of call someone out or shove that mirror in front of their face. Ooh. I mean, that's really why I started to do my show because I was always doing that in my life with my friends. And, you know, a lot of times people don't want to hear that, you know, or they're just not ready for it. Or they're just calling you to talk and they want you to feel bad. And it's hard for me to be that person, you know, because I like yeah. to sort of help somebody at that time, like that time where you were three years ago, the lowest point where you needed that. Help. Like, I love those moments in people's life. I think they were profound, you know? Um, I, I, like I said, when I talk to people, I look to see if they're at that place. I think a lot of people who call into my show are at a pivotal place, right? I think that's the only reason why maybe you think or have the desire to go on a show like this and do that. You know, and I do believe that I help people because of that. And that's why I got into just no different than you're helping people, right? Like yeah. you're uh, in your profession. It's very sort of satisfying. But I get to shove my things in people's face that one time and but then send them off to therapy because I believe in that. So much, you know, and and I always tell people like, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a great friend that's telling you things or, you know, you're on my show and I told you great things. A therapist and real therapy is going to be something totally different and something very professional and real and really helpful. And it's ongoing and it's something that people need, you know. And so and I love doing I always do my where are they now episodes. You're going to be. I'm going to wrap it up now so I could put other where like you know a couple more on this episode. Mm-hmm. Um but I love to see where people are after I speak with them. You know, I think it's great where you're at. I think people will learn from your call. That's what I always think like I said I ask my questions cuz I think other people are listening and wondering, you know, because maybe they're at that same place, you know, whether they're a quote unquote sex addict or an addict of anything, you know, I don't think whether whether you're drinking fucking working and you're too into Jesus, you know, it's, it can Mm -hmm. all be the same thing, right? Go back and listen to your episode. And you, so I personally think that quitting any addiction is really major. I know how difficult it is. It's so hard, you know, and, uh, the fact that you did it, I give you total props. Did you do it without going to any kind of like meetings or anything like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like the, the one
3: therapist i told you about, he was really pushing that. And then my, I think my therapist too was actually a little, like I, I was the first, I was the first, um, person that was coming to her for yeah. that that she'd ever seen. And I was also the first like mental health professional yeah. type person that yeah. she'd ever seen. Yeah. Um, and she, she's quite, she's like 10 years younger than me. Yeah. Um, and she, I, I think she was definitely like consulting with other therapists and looking for best practices. And she tried to push me towards like
0: a meeting, uh, right?
3: Yeah, meetings. Mm-hmm. And I, I was never, never interested or willing to do that right. at all. So, but you
0: were successful because you were in like yeah. hardcore therapy and you were really looking at yourself and, you know, mm-hmm. probably doing a lot of the things that they would have told you in the meeting. Uh, to do, but you've been successful without, it. And I think that that's interesting. You know, I think, listen, I think programs really work for the majority of people, but for some people that it doesn't work there, you can be successful without it, you know? Um, but it's there and in place for people that need it. And it does really help, but also Mm -hmm. like really good counseling and really good looking at yourself in the mirror every fucking day and being honest with where you're at and getting a little help, right? Is all beneficial. Yeah. Right and uh, yes. so thanks so much for calling in jay and giving me yeah. this update i know it's only you know good things ahead it just will get better yeah. and better for you you know you'll look you'll listen to back on this episode 2 years from now and be like wow i'm even now i'm even further along you, you know sort yeah. of dealing with things you know cuz that's what happens when you start really doing the work and just mm-hmm. you not you know Abandoning how you feel or running away every time you don't feel bad is work, you know, and the fact that you've been doing it for three years just will only help you and when you're five years, ten years, you just become more emotionally mature, you know mm-hmm. <coughs> and yeah that, and that'll show sorry, <laughs> sorry, my son just like looked in my room um sure. so anyway, thanks so much for calling in and you know yeah. and giving the update, and I'm so happy <laughs> for you.
3: Well, thank you, Kathy. I mean, you were a major part of of me changing, so I, I appreciate. I'm very grateful to you.
0: I fucking love that. Like I said, I promise you, that is why. I started my show, really, because I like to help people, and a lot of my friends didn't want my help. You know, you can't help someone that doesn't, you know, people aren't, it's not because my friends are wrong, but sometimes people aren't at that place. Is that what they fucking want? Now that I have my, like, I could find those people because those people find me, right? I don't, that's why a lot of people sometimes will be like, why don't you go get this person on your show, or why don't you have, like, you know, I found somebody here, and they're on Instagram, and maybe you show them on your show. I was like, I never have good conversations with people that I've ever asked to be on my show, but people who want to be on My show, who find me, you know, that's a big difference. Or people, you know, I don't want to harass anyone that hasn't, you know. I don't know if I found you on Craigslist because I did email people on Craigslist. Yeah,
3: I I sent you an email.
0: Right, but it's the people that find me. There's a very big difference. There's a there's a reason why I do it that way, and it all works. And I don't think I consciously set it all, all up. In, like, I didn't do it where people are anonymous. I didn't do it where only people call r- right into me. Like, all of those things sort of happened by accident. But after I do my show for six years, all of those things are the reason why my show works so well. You know, the whole anonymous thing was set up because I was thought my show would suck and I didn't want to anyone to know it was me. So I was anonymous at first, but then Ooh. it turned out like I made all, and I only put on Craigslist. I got, and I'm like, I'll make you guys anonymous. And then it became this whole thing. So, you know, it all works, uh, for a reason. And, you know, you emailed me because you were at that place. I fucking love that I could talk to you that I helped you in that way. Because like I said, that's why I did my show. So thanks for letting me know that I'm so happy for you and let me know two years from now where you're yeah. at. We'll talk. again. Oh, I'll,
3: I'll tell you one more thing, yeah. Kathy yeah. real quick. Yeah. yeah. So another story that I told you about before was me reaching out to this ex-girlfriend that I'd had in college. Uh-huh. I you remember that uh-huh. And I wasn't interested in her at all. Yeah. Like it was just part of this whole thing. Yeah. I remember that. So, yeah. So recently she sent me a message. Yeah. It was like, like she's testing the water with me.
0: Oh no. And, and?
3: yeah, this was very recently. Um, and so I, I told as I mean, as soon as I got it, I told my wife Yeah. Um, that I just got this message and it sh- she was pissed that this woman was contacting me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like, I, she was asking me some weird, stupid question. So I just answered the question and then, whatever but
0: anyways you know you knew no but that was smart but yeah it's not funny that people do stuff like that look you were doing it at one point of her and then she was having a moment in her life where she was fishing around to you so you know you could kind of understand but i think the best thing to do with stuff like that is just to uh you know don't start it up you stopped yourself in your track by telling your wife and that was it and it, it ended whereas All you needed to do was give her, like, show her that there was a window of opportunity and she would have pounced, right? That's what she was feeling you out for. Mm -hmm. And then that's where trouble starts, right? Yes. That's like the beginning of, that could have been the beginning of trouble. (laughs) Yes. Because, and you that's what your catfishing was, like, that was a little bit of your catfishing. Like, you would play women, like, it was kind of fucking
3: weird. Yeah, she was the only one.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, that you were going towards. I mean, you were doing that. I Mm -hmm. remember. Yeah, and it wasn't right. Well, that's good news. Thanks for all of the updates, and thanks for calling in. And let me know in two years where you're at. Good luck. All right, I I will. All right, thanks, Jay. All right. Bye. Bye, Kathy. Bye.